Hi, my name is Wilkin Brutus. And I am Paulette Francois. You're listening to A Boat, A Voyage. All right, all right. Quick, crack, quick, crack. So what is our Haitian saying for today? So that means uh, he who strikes the blow forgets, he who bears the scars remembers. Mm-hmm. He who strikes the blow forgets, he who bears the scars remembers. So uh, this episode we will focus on history and where where to go from here. You know, um, uh, you know, Toussaint Louverture's last name, his surname means opening, right? Uh, the one who finds an opening. Uh, that is, I guess, the meaning of Toussaint Louverture's last name. Mm-hmm. So uh, so this is somewhat of an opening Pretty. to uh, your history and Haiti's history and our African ancestry. Mm-hmm. I want to dive. I want to dive deep into that opening. So so let's begin with, uh, you know, your children, <laughs> your four mm-hmm. kids. When you took your your kids to Haiti in the late 1990s. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Port-au-Prince and Jeremy, you opened our eyes to a new world. To us, mm-hmm. it felt like a small, beautiful country in Africa, and we fell in love with the pride and dignity, the language and mm-hmm. food, the art and mm-hmm. intellectual yeah. history. Uh, we learned about Negmawan, Sanssouci Palace, mm-hmm. Citadel La Ferrière. Did I say La Ferrière mm-hmm. wrong? It's so hard La to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Citadel, that massive fortress. <laughs> Uh, Marshall Fair um, and many other, you know, yeah, Haitian landmarks. Yeah. Uh, you know, before that, you know, we were shamed for being Haitian back in America, and that shame just went away when we got to that to mm-hmm. those small towns in Haiti. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we still felt out of place at times, but uh, the love we received from relatives made us feel at home. Amen. So my question for you is, uh, what did you want your children who were born on American soil? to take away from that trip to Haiti? What I want my children to learn at that time is, and still, is to know the value of my country and to meet my family, my grandmother, my father, you know, at the time, that was a big privilege to my father when I, you know, brought all my children to Haiti to see him. And then he was overwhelmed with joy, you know, and my grandma also, when you saw her the first time, you know, and that's what I want them to, to learn. I want y'all to learn about my family, about my culture, you know, the food, the atmosphere. The, it's a beautiful country because all you have been hearing is the negative way about Haiti. Hmm. And a lot of people who talk about Haiti never, you know, they only they old, never, ne- never Haiti, visit the poor country, not a, but they never visit. Right. They keep saying that. They like, keep the saying poorest that country in the Western hemisphere. Western it's almost yeah. like a slogan. Yes. And like you read it and you know, so ubiquitous and like in so many different articles. Yes. That's it's mm-hmm. almost like they can't write about Haiti without that tagline. That, that, yes. <laughs> that, that's what they want them to know. But mm-hmm. the real truth about Haiti, you have to see it to you to believe. Mm-hmm. And once you go to Haiti, you like Am I in another world? Yes, yeah, not black because and that's white. That's what I'm hearing. You know, like there's that, a complexity you know? in the country. So, yes, there's poverty, but uh, there's also richness, and there's a reason for yeah. that poverty. It's like going to um, a very poor area in the United States or uh, a town that is run mm-hmm. down with the yes. opioid crisis, you yes. know, the opioid um, drug uh, crisis right now. And 
and saying, well, this is the entire United mm -hmm. States. Yeah, Imagine yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Imagine going to a very poor neighborhood and saying this what, is a exactly. reflection of the whole country. So when y'all went over there, my 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 family like overjoyed to see every each one of you. And y'all have so much fun. Oh yeah, it was a lot of Marcus, fun. Marcus, you had so much fun. Remember when you went to the basketball game? Oh yes, and right. You <laughs> That <laughs> that they was gonna beat you, you know. I mean, you run them over with the game, you know. That's that like Miss Paulette, Popo. Oh my God, who can beat us today, Popo? We got beat up. By to, I mean, to be fair, you know, like <laughs> you you grew up playing against American kids mm -hmm. yeah. who play basketball. basketball. For them, you know, soccer is their sport. Yes. Of course, I'm gonna have a, a more. You know, a, they a had bigger so advantage. Much fun too at that time. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun. Oh my God, they had so much. Fun. It opened our eyes because, yes. you know, uh, like when when you saw when you saw us growing up, you know, you being a Haitian parent, mm -hmm. knowing that at home how we conduct ourselves, the food we eat is very differently. Did you see any differences between how, um, how we act as American kids versus how other Haitian kids act? Were you afraid that we would? be too distant from other Haitian kids? I I was not that afraid about it because I'm your mom and I'm Haitian. I know how I want you to raise. So I know my culture, you know? I came to United States, but I'm not born here. I love my country. as I, I love U.S., but I love my country dearly, mm -hmm. you know? So I will do the best as I can to make you guys adapt to my country, you know? Even though you're not going to over there often, but while you, when you get to Haiti, you know you're going to adapt with all these yes. people because they have so much love to give. Yeah, we did it so and like, when you easily. And when you go to Haiti, you know, it's only love. Mm -hmm. People show you greatly respect right. and, you know, appreciation. Uh, there's a wonderful filmmaker named Raul Peck. He's a Haitian filmmaker. Mm -hmm. And he directed a wonderful documentary about African-American writer and social activist James Baldwin. I think I showed you a picture about of uh, James Baldwin before. And the film was called I Am Not Your Negro. Okay. And it was a critically acclaimed, great documentary film. And the film was shot with, um, with just using James Baldwin's voice so that the story can run through his own mouth, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so Baldwin is known for challenging ideas about race, class, and sex in America. For me, it was great to see the African diaspora, you know, diaspora, <laughs> uh, come together to celebrate him. Mm -hmm. um, and right now we're experiencing an African renaissance um, uh, because through culture, art, and technology, now our stories, oh, and, and film and TV, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. now the stories are getting out, a very much balanced, more dynamic story. There's a Haitian renaissance happening right now. Um, you know, an African-American film and tech renaissance. Despite social problems, there is an undeniable progress and uh, innovation that's happening. So when you were in Haiti, did you learn about African-American heroes along with Haitian heroes? Mm -hmm. And did they teach you about Africa or um, yeah, African-American civil rights movement and the Haitian revolution at the same time? How was your education for that? I, the... Most what I learned over there is about Haitian, like Jean-Jacques de Saline and all those other people. But for United States, is um, I heard of, I heard of Malcolm X. 
mm. and Martin Luther King. But you know, to me, just I didn't really make too much attention about it.、Mm. You know, because mostly when you're in your country, you pay what's important to you in your country, not other country. You heard from other people, like either on the news or like if you're watching a movie, what happened and stuff like that. But you don't really put too much big deal of it, knowing that you, you didn't even know if you was gonna use it in the future. You know, so yeah. So it's, it's like you you heard their voices or their names, their I mean, names, but you couldn't really connect, connect them to, to any, your you know, your experience. You know. Right,、yeah. um, and and it makes sense because of course you are. Um, you're raised in a certain environment,、yeah. so the type of information you're going to receive、mm-hmm. will be much more different.、Um, yeah. So、um, at work,、uh, you once told me a lot of people keep thinking you are either Ghanaian or Nigerian.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when you were a young girl in Haiti, were you curious about any form of connection with the African continent, and、um, any connection to a specific country? We we heard a lot about Africa, but mostly about Guinea. Oh, Guinea! You know, like people always talk about Guinea,、hmm. you know, but at my job, they always think I'm from、uh, Nigeria,、um, not Nigeria, Ghana.、Mm-hmm. This lady came to me, told me, "Oh, you're a Ghanaian or something like that." I say, "She want a picture, ice of water." So I say, "Okay, I'll go get it for you." And then she say, "You from, you from, you from Ghana? You a Ghanaian?" I say, "No, I'm not from Ghana. I'm from Haiti." <laughs> she said, "No, you Ghanaian." I said, "No, I'm Haitian." <laughs> <laughs> she said, "No, you know you come from Ghana, Ghana, and go to Haiti. You know that, right?" I say, "Ma'am, I don't know. I, I'm not from Haiti. I'm Haitian." <laughs> like, what, and what at the nurses' station, she insists she mean it that I'm from Ghana. I say, "Well, I accept it, <laughs> but I, so, I know I'm from Haiti." You, you know what's、so. you know what's funny is. That that's what happened to me in Korea. Yeah, is the, the the young Korean boy who came up to me and and he looked at my face. He was like, hmm, hmm. You're from Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say Africa. He well, was specific. Definitely. And I think because Ghana played in their World Cup like early on, like in the early two thousands, and maybe that's his, that's、and、the the country that he knows. Yeah, and it's just so funny that. You know that happened to me in Korea, and it happened to you at work. <laughs> yeah, I was like, she said, "Are you Ghanaian?" I said, "No, I'm Haitian." She said, "You look Ghanaian." I said, "No, I'm Haitian." I'm Ghana、Haiti. has been calling it for a long time. So even your、uh, one of your、uh, best friend, her her husband、yeah. is from Ghana, so it's like, and she like, she said, "You just don't know. You are the queen. <laughs> you are the queen of Ghana." <laughs> I'm like, okay, but I I know I'm Haitian. So so but but in Haiti, for the most part. You know, they have a very close tie、mm-hmm. with Africa, especially during Carnival,、yeah. right? And especially, you know, even in, even during Carnival, there's they they implement、uh, Taino and Awak Indian、mm-hmm. culture、mm-hmm. because they assimilated some parts of Haiti. Yeah,、Africans、but when she said when she said that, yes, I said I'm I know I'm African, Asian, African, African, but I'm from Haiti.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said no, you from Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, well. Speaking of Haiti,、um, the population I'm I'm guessing right now、um, is 95 percent African,、mm-hmm. but it's also very multi-ethnic. It's always been multi-ethnic、mm-hmm. and multi-racial, with white Haitians, Dominicans, Cubans, 
some Asians, Arabs. Everybody, There's yeah. even a small Polish community, yeah. uh-huh. Germans. Well, not not quite Germans, but I think Germ. There were some Germans German. very early yeah, on. Um, so when you came to the U.S., were you scared to live around mostly white Americans? Did you ex- mm-hmm. did you experience culture shock considering the fact that you were mostly around darker skinned people? When I came to the United States, um, there's a lot of white Asian in Haiti. My my godmother, like she's white, mm-hmm. you know, but she's Asian. And my godfather, very, you know, like a fair skin, a fair skin. And then I'm used to it. So I don't really, when I see a white person, that for me to go, you know, like <laughs> to crazy, be to mm. be shot. No, I raise around it. Mm-hmm. And then um, when, I f- when I first came, I was thinking about the language. Because I didn't speak no English, but only no thank you. <laughs> and I said thank you. I know thank you and good morning in Haiti. That's what I learned. But I know nothing beyond that. Thank you and good <laughs> and I have, morning. Thank you wow. and good morning. But I know in French they told you, thank you, mean merci. Mm-hmm. Then I know, you know what it is. Mm-hmm. But I didn't do nothing. I didn't speak no English or nothing. And well, I, I, but I was ready to adapt with the language to, you know, to do whatever I have to do, to go to school or to do whatever. But I didn't really, I didn't really have problem with the color. I never had problem with, uh, with skin color. No. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I, I, I guess that. no. That's not the question I'm asking yeah. uh, in terms of like if you have a problem. No. What I'm saying is like, um, since you're around people who look like you mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. in Haiti, everywhere you go, yes. the market, the stores, the, store, okay, okay. the taxi cabs. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what what's the motorbike in Haiti called again? Um, the uh, taxi. Taxi. Uh, uh, is it just called taxi? Motorcyclette. Motorcyclette. Who knows that? But there was a there was like um. The taxis on a motorcycle. There was actually there was a name for it. I can't uh, remember. But yeah. anyway, um, moto. Oh, I, I can't remember. Yeah. But um, so everywhere you go, every space, school, <laughs> right? Yes. Black, 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 black African, black. African, Haitian, 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 everywhere. Only a few whites here and there mm-hmm. sprinkled. Now, when you come to America, it's white everywhere, everywhere. around, and okay. then a the sprinkle of black. Yeah. So did that shock you? Little bit. Mm. Little bit. I thought I thought I would probably see more black people. Little bit, not too much. You thought so? Why? Thought so because, because of movies or? Yeah, because of movies and some some movies you see only basically white, mm-hmm. but some movies you see black too. Mm. But it's like majority is it's white here, you know? Yeah. That's fascinating. All right. So um, Haiti's, you know, significance to the world history is finally being recognized right now, especially since... Um, Haitian revolutionaries lived up to many uh, humanistic ideals. Mm-hmm. Haiti supported Simone Bolivar, which explains Haiti's great relationship with Venezuela and recognition in the history of you know, you know of other Latin American countries. Mm-hmm. But mom, did you know Haiti helped Greece for its independence <laughs> against the Ottoman Empire, mm-hmm. which is now Turkey? Did you know that? Unbelievable. Like, I think they sent like sugar for them to sell in order to get weapons, but. The small country of Haiti. I have Greece. Greece of all places. That's that's insane. Um, it was also the first country in the world to recognize Greek independence. So that's also just, an, you can't write a better story than that. A country mm-hmm. that fought for its freedom, gained its freedom, mm-hmm. and Greek 
uh, we all know, um, you know, Western civilization, like the United States, mm-hmm. loved the history of Greek, or I'm sorry, of Greece. Um, and for, for Haiti to be the first one in the world, the first country in the world to mm-hmm. recognize the independence, independence of Greece. Uh, that, that's just amazing. amazing. Really amazing. Um, but ha- what, what hurt me sometimes, what hurt me the most, it's like Haiti, Haitian people, they love helping other culture. They, I mean, that's for generation. Mm-hmm. They love helping other people. When you come a Haitian, people, uh, Haitian, any Haitian that you come from elsewhere, you need help. They are willing to help you. But back in the days, those royal, those generation, the the old generation, kind of more, more. I, I'm not saying more wise, but their work, there was working more for generation to come. Mm. Instead of the people now, they're only working for themselves. Hmm. They're only working for the pocket. But the old generation, there was working for the new generation to come. You know, mm-hmm. there was working for the people in Haiti. There was working for Haiti, you know, right. to make it better and stuff. But right now, the, the new people that in office, I would say most of them that were only working for themselves. For themselves. For their name only. Not for us, you know, mm-hmm. not for the generation, that's for themselves. For themselves. All right. And uh, another thing I wanted to mention was that uh, Haiti naturalized the Polish and the Haitian constitution since the Polish fought alongside Haitians. So Haitians, you know, they re- they repay once you, you do right by them, they, they do right by, by you. you, you know, yes. um, the people of Haiti always showed humanity and, and protected human rights everywhere and remained proudly Afrocentric. We're doing so. Mm-hmm. That history inspired me to take a DNA test. Mm-hmm. Remember earlier in the episode, I said we were going to do that. Yeah. Um, or I already did. I'm just going to reveal <laughs> um, the answers. I always wanted to explore our uh, multi-ethnic background. Um, okay, so here they are. Uh, you ready for them? I'm ready. All right, let's read it together. You ready to explore it? Yeah, all right. So it says... I uh, well, obviously, I obviously took it. So it says I'm ninety seven percent African, ninety seven percent, and of course I'm your son. So I'm assuming <laughs> I'm assuming you're probably the same thing. Uh, well, I, I, I am a will Ghanaian, <laughs> which is beautiful. Um, so so he, let's break down the percentages. So mm-hmm. it says uh, Cameroon, Congo, thirty seven percent. All right. In Congo. Now I think Congo. now keep in mind these DNAs are you know they're generalizing because of the the the, the area the uh-huh. Western African areas the names are different mm-hmm. but um but yeah so let's just stick with the the um the answers here so Cameroon Congo thirty seven percent Ivory Coast Ghana twenty one percent Nigeria twenty percent Benin Togo ten percent Mali four percent Afro, uh, Africa, South Central, 2%. Africa, Southeastern, Bantu, 2%. Senegal, 1%. Europe, 3%. Then it says Great Britain, 2%. And Iberia Peninsula, 1%. Um, hopefully I didn't get any of the percentages wrong. <laughs> I think I wrote everything down properly. But yeah, so that is our, um, that's our ancestry. Very multi-ethnic, like mm-hmm. I said. You know, 37% Cameroon, Congo, 21%. What are your thoughts about these results? 
It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. When you th- oh my god! Obviously, as Haitian, so shy. obviously as Haitian, most Haitians know they come from the continent, uh-huh. but they don't know which Where? country. Which, and yeah. even more surprisingly, they don't know that their bloodline is of like many different yes. countries, yes. many different like we don't just come from a specific country in Africa. Since you know the the um since the slave trade happened. We were we mixed mix, with each other, mix, yeah, right? So mixed. we are we're black, but we're ethnically Ethnic, very mixed. Mix, yeah, and with that's different what culture exactly, and different tribes and mm-hmm. different regional uh, differences, and 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 that's what makes this even more fascinating. Is that even if we wanted to go to Africa, even if they said, "Hey, go back to Africa," which country? And <laughs> where am I supposed to go? Like, you know, which country is just gonna accept us like that? Um, so well, we're we're close to the end now. I have two more questions, okay? Um, you were strict but forgiving immigrant who focused on education. That I remember, um, but also allowed us to explore different cultures, mm-hmm. and you forced us to see the humanity in people, but maintain our convictions at mm-hmm. the same time, um, and that helped us so much. And I thank you. I thank you Welcome. so much. My pleasure. <laughs> And we all thank you, all of your kids, <laughs> for everything you've done for us. You, you also gave up. You know, you also gave us such a strong work ethic. For decades, you sent <clears throat> remittances. You know, you sent money back home. Mm-hmm. For decades, you built your own home in Haiti. You invested so much time and money to legally bring your your mother and your and, and a few of your siblings to the states. You've done so much. Is there anything left? that you want to do in life? What I want to do in life? Now I want to continue my education. I have <clears throat> I have a goal that I need to accomplish for myself now. It's about me now. So I want to go back to school to finish my own education. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And, yes. and um, what I was going to say, any any specific major? Do you want to go to college or? I want to go to college. I'm thinking about it. I either go finish nursing. I might go to for RN or the hairstylist or something. Yeah, well, you've been talking about the hairstylist oh, yeah. for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a daughter. That's who's my doing, goal. Your daughter's doing amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jessica is killing the game right yeah, now. I'm telling you. Um, all right, so um. Remember Bookman prayer, the Bookman prayer. Um, remember uh, during the Haitian Revolution, uh, the Boy Kaima, the the voodoo ceremony that happened mm-hmm. before the, uh, the Haitian Revolution. They had a prayer called Bookman prayer, mm-hmm. and um, and it talked about the God in us and how we should take our own destiny. Um, I thought that prayer was, you know, a very fascinating prayer about. Tapping into the God in us to to know who you are to know who you are and don't accept other gods and and just follow the spirituality that guides your culture, culture. guides your people. Um, but one thing, if you don't, you have to love within you, order to love somebody else. You have to have it in you, mm-hmm. so that way when you're giving, you're giving within you, not because you want to show somebody. That you're doing something. You do it with 
all the love you have in your heart. And if you're supposed to do the right thing mm -hmm. because it's the right thing to do. Not because you're going to do something so you can get something back from somebody. Mm. To me, that is trade, not giving. So when you give, you give because you feel happy about what you do for the person because the person is happy. And that makes you happy. So when I give to someone, I give or I help someone because it's going to make that person happy. And I feel good about myself that I did something right. Mm -hmm. But not because I want anything in return. Right, right. So that make me feel good. Yes. You know? And, and you know, and, and and that's the way to to continue connecting with, with strangers and, and people in your own community mm -hmm. is um, having... Uh, the dignity and uh, I guess the ability to not be selfish when it comes to helping people helping out. People. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Haiti could definitely use some help, but there's also a lot of beauty in, in, in Haiti. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing with Haiti. Um, we understand the complexity and the dynamics that exist in the country itself. What we have a problem is is marketing, marketing solutions, marketing the reason why we're poor, mm -hmm. and marketing the beauty of Haiti. And Haiti full of fortune. full of I mean right marketing the natural mm -hmm. rich richness of the country itself. Um, so you know when average people who live outside of the country uh, don't acknowledge that after the revolution, Haiti was forced to pay. France, billions of yeah, dollars, fight, right? Fight. Mm -hmm. Billions of dollars. It was then economically and politically isolated. It was hit with economic embargoes. You know what embargoes mm -hmm. are? Embargoes are like, you know, a, a legal ability to stop to trade yeah. between countries, right? You know, Western-sponsored dictatorships. We already talked about Duvalier. Mm -hmm. You know, these guys were sponsored. sponsored they were supported. Yes. Um it took over. And remember, we talked about brain drain, where a lot of our doctors and lawyers mm -hmm. left. Of course, there's still a lot of doctors and lawyers and whatnot in Haiti. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they all there's left, but, but a lot of talent left mm -hmm. the country, um, which further uh, exacerbated exactly. the, the yeah. instability. Um, and then the U.S. manipulated the tariffs, mm -hmm. you know, with Clinton's, with the rice. Oh, yeah. Um, um, they exploited, you know, infrastructure, land, gold. Because when they when they go to Haiti, they act like, oh, I'm here to help you. You know, I'm here to make your country better. Da, da, da. But all the good things that you have in your in your country, they know where the resource is. And you don't have the technology to find how to, you know, to get the resource. But you think they're coming to help you. No, they come to get what's the, 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 what they want. What they want. Yeah, they, they want to make a profit. It's not they really make... about you. Right. They use you to get what they want. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, they stifle yeah. Haitian innovation. Uh -huh. they, they, you know, um... they, make, they make you against your own brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. They make you blind. And, and, and of course, there's like leadership in Haiti that needs to be fixed, but it's hard to fix that leadership when, you know, when we talk about these, these outside forces at play, sometimes... People would say, well, Haitians need to get themselves together. Of course, there's mm -hmm. every country has their They're political leadership problems. Yeah. The question is about measurement. Mm -hmm. At what point does changing the tariffs on rice, the trading of rice, affect certain neighborhoods to the point where it's almost 
you almost can't fix it. If it's it. It's it's that bad. It's that um egregious. The crime is so egregious, deep. Yep. so deep that there's generational effects. Yep. So you just can't say, oh, they came and then they left as uh -huh. if you know, it, it it's gonna take a long time for us to clean this the mess up. Is they take it from you, but they use it against you. Mm -hmm. It's like you taking you take something from me. You take what's my own, you take it from me. But you blame me for it at the same time. At the same time. That's what they did. You robbed me from something. You blame me for it. Or you get it from me and you want to sell it back to me. So, <laughs> oh. that's, that's what happened. And, and, and raise the price up. And raise the price it. up. Knowing that you have no, yeah. no now, political support anywhere. Mm -hmm. yep. Cuba had Russia, for example. Mm -hmm. Haiti. You know, uh, Haiti was literally no yeah. other country, country to help them support. Isolated. Uh, extremely isolated. And, and Haiti did so good. For so many countries. Instead of that. They turn it against you. To make you feel like you're worthless. But they're the one worthless. Because you're the one who helped them. But if you don't use your common sense. To say uh uh honey. I'm not worthless. I help you. But sometime in life. What goes around. Comes right back mm -hmm. around. I think one thing that really hurts my heart is when. You know, Woodrow Wilson, I think the U.S. occupied Haiti from 1915 to 1934, mm -hmm. I believe. And thousands of Haitians got killed. You know, they, uh, it, it was colonialism all over again. They occupied, occupied the island. Yep. Politically, changed it economically. Um, they, you know, they forced their hand on us. And that's just very difficult to rebound from. Mm -hmm. um, because, again, there's generational effects that we have to account for. But no matter what, Haiti is a strong country. Yeah, they're, they're going to rebound from it. And <laughs> that's why strong. that's why it's very important that we change mm -hmm. the narrative. Yeah. It's very important because the Haitian diaspora is finally coming together. They need you know, to look out for each other. Yeah, we're realizing the power. Uh, you know what's even nuts? The Haitians fought in the Revolutionary War. I think there was like 500 Haitians who fought in the Re American Revolutionary mm -hmm. War. You would think the relationship with Haiti and the United States would be very would be close. close. You know, the Louisiana Purchase, if it wasn't for Haiti, mm -hmm. you know, I, I mean, what? I, I can't remember how many acres of land, like 12 yeah, or 13 states, states or something something to that degree um, that that you that United States acquired after the Haitians beat Napoleon. But there's no appreciation. Yeah, there's that. no sense of brotherhood that home. exists. No. I mean, there were two countries who were, you know, free in, because, in, in the new world. Because I think it's because Haiti, the majority, is more black. Napoleon have always said he did not want a black republic. Okay. Jefferson did not want a black republican. The Enlightenment um, era, um, the Enlightenment was like this big, you know, philosophical era. Uh, Voltaire mm -hmm. and David Hume, all of these men had anti-black, anti-African sentiments. So... What's very complicated is that, yes, we had certain white men who fought alongside Haitians, like the Polish, for mm -hmm. example. But overall, the the ruling class, right, uh, the French, the Spanish, mm -hmm. the Portuguese, Americans, well, the top ruling class, even though that there were some white men and, and women who were for freedom, for the ideals, actually stood mm -hmm. for their ideals and principles, and, and and fought alongside Haitians in that regard. The the money, all of the money, all of the capital 
was controlled by the ruling class who had anti-black sentiments. Mm -hmm. So no matter how much um, we have any support from white abolitionists at the time, they could not compete with the ruling class who had all of the Because they had more. Yeah, more money, more power. And that that's what's and, very and, and unfortunate. They not even acknowledge you that that you the one who died for them and yeah. to they, they, they not Haitians that. lived up to those yeah. enlightenment principles. Yes. And that, that's what they say, I am for you, I'm going to for you. Yeah. But you know, the US, once they get from whatever they want from you. You know, it's I it's it's maybe like, it's the politics, it's the way they are. It's so weird because it's like Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm mm -hmm. syndrome and Um, I don't have time to explain what Stockholm Syndrome is, Mom, but I'll say it this way. I'm happy. I'm proud to be American. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone has their idea of what America is. I am proud of the idea of my America, how I how I conceptualize America in mm -hmm. my mind. Um, and I'm also proud to be Haitian. Mm -hmm. That's why I say I'm Haitian-American, right? But I understand if Both I ways. love a country... I should be able to say, this is what you did. did. There there needs to be atonement. Jordan. All right. I need to see redeeming qualities. Can, is, is there atonement? Is there an opportunity for that? Because, you know, Germany have collective guilt for what happened with Nazi Germany mm -hmm. at that time. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, but they handled it very well. South Africa, even though there's still racial tension, they still had moments where they reconciled. Mm -hmm. recon, they had like a reconciliation type of meeting. Um where people actually discussed the crimes. Um, of course, in South Korea and Japan, there's still a lot of tension there. Mm -hmm. But it seems like in many countries, there was at least an effort to, to approach the ills of the past mm -hmm. and, found, and find a way to um, reconcile um, but, those issues. But Haiti went, Haiti went to slow, so much. Yeah. Well, so anyway, anyway. Let, let's do it this way. So we're going to end this... I didn't expect us to go this deep. <laughs> I did not expect this at all. Uh, I wanted to end the, the you know the last episode with the African DNA, but I also want to end the podcast with your favorite places in Haiti. Where would you like to go? We talked about the landmarks early on, the Citadel and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But you're Haitian, but that doesn't mean you went. No, you visited I, everywhere I in Haiti. So know. what are some places? Not a place I don't know in Haiti. So many places. I want to go to Cap Haitian. Mm -hmm. I want to go to Jacques Mel. I want to go to Bassemble. I want to go to somewhere in Okai. I didn't know. I want to go to Okai. I passed to Okai, but I don't really go there to, you know, mm -hmm. go to what's your, what's your, um, I forgot the name And of what that is place. this? It's like 12 departments in Haiti? How many departments? Uh, uh, I, I think so. Right, about 12 or 13? Remember. Don't put that because I don't remember. Oh, it's, it's fine. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, don't put that. Yeah. Don't add that up. Question because I don't remember. No, it's okay. I'm um, I'm doing guessing, not you. <laughs> <laughs> don't put that up. Please. It's okay, mom. Um. Oh God, I'm some some something in my some places in my head I forgot. But there are several places. Many I places go, you want to go. I want to go to Lagonav. Lago, oh yeah, Lagonav. I've never been to Lagonav. So the, the, these are some, you know, these are some places uh -huh. I think, you know, the, the listeners can yeah, write down their notes. Uh -huh. and um, I want to go to Lagonav. I want to go to Port de Pair. Um, I know some other place. I know Semarc. I've been to Semarc. But there's so many different places. I, I want to listen to the different Haitian dialects. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
uh, our Haitian neighbor across the street, his Haitian Creole is so fast. Yeah, because <laughs> we from, we from um, Leogan. Leogan. And people in Leogan, their Haitian Creole is really fast? Not or is it just really. his? It, it depends on who the person is. Not okay. everybody from Leogan speak fast. Mm-hmm. It's just the way he speaks. That's right. how it is. Do you do you know any Haitian slangs from different parts? Like... I know I know people from Cap Haitian. They speak different Creole than Jeremy. From, than oh. Jeremy and Puerto Prince. Mm. Yeah. Every single person in Haiti, every department have a little accent of different. Yeah. Yeah. And do they pronounce something different? You know? Mm-hmm. Like I, you can say like um Chaudière, we say Chaudière. Mm-hmm. And Capetian they say Capetian yeah. say canister. Canister something like that. <laughs> wow, it's very yeah. different. It's different. Mm-hmm. But doesn't mean it's the same thing. And it's such a small island and you still have these Big regional differences. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like massive regional differences. And mm-hmm. just like just like the States, you know, um, I made a video called Redneck English <laughs> versus Black Ebonics. <laughs> and they're very similar. Uh, you know, um, you know, Southern English, Southern twang mm-hmm. versus, you know, New York accent or the Boston accent, yeah. the Boston. <laughs> the Boston New York accent. New York. Yeah. Uh, but thank you so much, Mom. Thank you so much for this. Uh... One other thing that I am so blessed. I'm so blessed to have my children here. Uh, not because, I, I mean, I didn't have no kids in Haiti. But I'm so blessed that I have my children here that the favor that I ask God is to, if I didn't be able to put my children in school, uh, since I was like 12, 13, I ask God that favor. If I can put my children, if I have a child, either a son or dad or daughter, if I can put that child to school, I tell God, do not give me no, don't give me no children, don't give me no kids. But if you see there is a possibility for me to put my child to school to get a good education, then you can give me a, a child. Instead of one, God give me four. Man, amazing. Two girls, two boys. You don't fell off us. Yes. And then <laughs> I'm blessed they be able to have a good education to finish school and for me to do all this, to have all this success. God bless me with so much. But you have to go to bed late, wake up early to be able to be successful in life. You don't just wait there, sit there, wait for it to give to you. You know, you have to be able to give you sweat for it. And you as a parent, as a, I mean, as a uh, mother, you have to work hard for your child or your children to be able to become successful themselves. And then you have to be able to support them. It can be good. It could be bad. You have to be able to play your world as a family. You know, as a mom, as a dad, or even you're a single parent, I'm a single mother. And God bless me through prayer. I have all this to God. God give them to me. And I always say to God, I'm I'm not the mother. I'm the babysitter. I'm babysitting for God. I try to make the best as I can with the, the work I'm doing. You know, and I'm blessed to have four beautiful children. I thank God for it, for all of you, every each one of you. And I love 
every each one of you. I will not change in you for the world. Nothing. No gold, no diamond. 